The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This is National SRO Appreciation Day, School Resource Officers Program. And if you didn't realize it, Rutherford County was one of the first in the entire state to have an SRO program. In fact, this is the county that uh, so many places across Tennessee and across the nation come to to see how we do it. And we have two of their best with us this morning. The School Resource Officers Program, which is a part of the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Sergeant Dustin Cox is with us. Good morning to you, Dustin. Good morning, Mark. Good to have you with us today. You brought uh, SRO Chris Irwin also with you. Chris, good morning. Good morning, sir. Thanks for having me. Good to have you with us today. Tell us a little about uh, National SRO Appreciation Day. When did that start, and uh, what's it all about? What is There may be some people who don't know what a school resource officer is. Absolutely. So uh, I'll answer your first question first. Um, the National Association of School Resource Officers, which is a NASRO program that does nothing but SROs, um, they got together, um, and they selected February 15th of every year to be the National SRO Appreciation Day. Um, this day is nothing but to thank the SROs that are in the schools protecting their kids, um, um, being, you know, keeping the school safe and secured, um, just inside schools. So um, I don't know when they um, technically um, labeled this as a holiday, but I know NASRO did a couple years ago. Um, so that's what the National SRO Association uh, did for the SROs. Well, it's a great job that you do and, and a, a wonderful thing that you're doing to protect the, the future of our country. Uh, sadly, uh, your job is needed more these days. We, When you started the SRO program, we didn't have all of these shootings in the school, but the trend of thinking or whatever it is, Continues. In fact, uh, there was a college uh, just this week that had one where I think several students were killed. And you, you never know where it's going to happen. What type of planning can you plan? Can you train for, for really the unknown? Absolutely. So we train um, every year. Uh, we do scenarios. Um, we train the teachers. Um, uh, we have drills twice a year. Um, the Sheriff's Department and the Rutherford County Schools uh, work closely together. Um, we do uh, fall drills, spring drills for the students as well. So we, we do um, coordinate with them and do everything we can to um, kind of give scenarios if something ever happens, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Um, and we involve the students. Um, a lot of times we lock the school down just for a drill, just so these students can can do it and they can see um, what they need to do if something major happens in the school. So um, we do yearly training um, with, the, with the SRO division. 
Uh, we also work twice a year with the school system and, and train the teachers to make sure the teachers understand what's going on in schools if something happens. So this really is crucial to saving lives. And, and I'm glad to hear that the youngsters are involved. Thinking back to my days in school, that was a long time ago. <laughs> the biggest thing we did, I guess, was fire drills. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that, march outside to the flagpole. <laughs> yep, and I think the, um, I don't have the sheet with me, but I think the Rutherford County School System, um, they all their administrators, the principals at schools, they have a list which you have to do so many fire drills per month, uh, so many uh, code reds per month, uh, tornado drills. So they have a... Um, um, a list on how many they have to do per month to keep, to make sure these students know and, and don't forget um, if something happens what to do. Things have changed. Yes, Times have changed. As you look at some of the things, speaking of changes, uh, let's look at a different aspect of the school resource officers. You you become their friend. You become their their teacher. Uh, the teacher of the facts of life, the the the, the lifetime uh, things that we need to know to be successful in life. Uh, you, you're almost taking up uh, a lot of the duties the parents should be doing, but they are not. Uh, they're they're working or they're doing something else. Uh, it's not happening. So you're changing that direction for these students. Yeah, we do. We we basically mentor these kids. Um, we we counsel them uh we we build that gap that that's the goal is we're trying to build that gap between the uh, law enforcement and the community with these kids um there's some kids in our schools that um unfortunately don't have a mom or dad um they don't have that father figure so um we, we grow that we build that relationship with that student so they can trust us and when they trust us we get more information um you know going on that the best thing ever is is when you when when you help a student and that they're in they're in time of need and, and they're struggling and the SROs are there to to guide them to the right path um, and four years later they graduate in high school or college and we're the first ones to get the letter in the mail out of schools um, so that that is that's the gem of the job is, is so they invite up. you to their that, graduation, to their weddings, to whatever. Yeah, we've had numerous SROs and supervisors that have been to weddings. Um, as uh, you're, you're in the weddings. Yeah, in the weddings or even even there um, to support them and, and and praise them for everything they've went through. And, and you feel like you had a part in that, and it, it makes you feel good. Share with us, and, and each of you, because these are things that people don't hear normally. Share with us some of the memorable moments that you have had uh, by being an SRO. Well, that that's the biggest difference, I, I think, of just being a cop in the school and being an SRO in the school is, is this rapport that we build with the, with the kids. Um, I, just the other day, I had a kid, uh, first grade, and as he was leaving uh, to get on the bus, he, he stuck his head in my office and said, uh, have a good weekend, Officer Irwin, I love you. And just hearing that, it, it melts your heart. And and it's all because, you know, we just take time to, to listen to him and to talk to him and to um, to just, like he said, mentor to him. Um, 
and, and we see all these things that they go through at home. Um, we've got one struggling now who just lost his grandmother. And, um, you know, when we hear about those things and we can kind of be there for them and, and share our experiences with them and that kind of thing, it, it just um, helps them see us as more than, than uh, just a cop, just someone there who's keeping the school safe, but someone there who cares about them and loves them. Oh, that's when you said he stuck his head in the door and, and told you he loved you. That that would melt your heart. Yeah, it, it, there are children. I mean, you know, I, people ask me all the time, do you have any kids? And I'm like, yeah, I got about 880 of them. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we get invited to, uh, you know, their basketball games. Like I, I got a kid who plays junior um, basketball and, you know, he's invited me to his basketball games. I try to get out to at least one and you can't, you know, be at every event for every kid, but try to do, you know, as much as you can to, to show them that you, you care outside of just the, the school. And a funny thing is when they see you outside of the school, it blows their mind. They're, they're like, they'll run up to me. I saw you at the gas station officer one. And they, they can't believe it. You know, yeah. like you're a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's exciting. Now, what about you? Uh, some of the golden moments in your memories. Um, I mean, I have a lot. I've, I used to, about 12 years ago, I was the SRO at Smyrna High School, and uh, we had some students there that just struggled, um, struggled in uh, going down the wrong path. Um, and uh, um, I'll always remember getting a phone call on my work phone. Somehow he got my number and um, just graduated college. Wow. Um, and uh, told me that he wouldn't be able to do it without me um, helping him, um, you know, trying not to arrest everybody we come in contact with and uh, just talking to them every morning. You're going to have a good day. Trust me, you're going to have a good day. And when he gets to the point where he thinks he's going to have a bad day, tell him to come see me in class. Teacher will write him a note, come to me, we'll calm him down, and he goes back. So the small things like that does nothing but help these students um, figure out how to contain their anger issues and and not let it all out talk to somebody get it out um, that's why part of our job is counseling we counsel these kids we let them talk and we don't judge um, we let them speak we help them and we're there as a resource for these students and um, you know talking about great days I just had one yesterday yesterday was Valentine's Day um, had a little second grader leave me a note on my door and it was the sweetest thing ever. Told me she loves me and how grateful she is that I'm there, that I call her good morning every morning. And stuff like that is what touches these SROs. And wow. they realize when they go home, they're like, man, you know what? I am doing something. I'm doing something um, to help somebody else. Let me ask you this, because and this is sort of a slightly different direction for the conversation, but I think it fits in. Uh, I ran across a friend who was taking a RAD class. These are adults. And uh, they said that one of the members of the class, and these people are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, just all ages, they're adults. One of them had said, you know, and I don't know how old they were, but they were adult. They said, I've never been around policemen in my entire life. I don't feel comfortable being around policemen. But they went through the class and changed their way of thinking. Do you see that happening 
with the SRO program before it gets to the point where they're in their 30s or 40s and basically are afraid of policemen. That, that's why we're in when the schools is because we, we talk to them, we get to know them, they get to know us when they're little. So when they grow up, they know that they can talk to any police officer they come in contact with. Um, yes, back when we were school, we didn't have SROs. Um, uh, so yeah, I can see some of the uh, the older adults um, having that fear of going. Um, but I promise you, um, not all law enforcement officers are bad. If you make that conversation with one, you see one uh, law enforcement officer eating dinner, eating lunch on their lunch break, all you have to do is go up to them, thank them for what they do, and you'll be surprised on the conversation that leads from there. Um, they'll walk away going, man, not, he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad female. And, and you, But you've got to take that, that step to make that contact. What made you decide to get into law enforcement? Uh, um, so about 17 years ago, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still a big kid. And I'm I'm a forty something year old big child is what is what my <laughs> wife always tells me. She says I'm raising three kids, um, and I always go back and like Chris Irwin said, I said no, you're raising eight hundred because I got eight hundred more at my school. Um, I've I've just built to love children, and and I will give the shirt off my back. I will go to the store and buy a child a pair of shoes if they need them. I, I just need to be around kids to guide them. And, and show them that um, you're going to make mistakes in life. That's part of growing up. Um, adults make mistakes every day, um, but it's okay. That's part of it. Now we got to grow from there. And what can we do to grow from that mistake? How do we not do that same mistake over and over and over? And that's what I tell these kids, and that's what's going to make you a man and a boy, is when you learn that, is you'll realize that life's not bad. One of the things that... I guess we see in schools, or maybe we think we see, is parents not being with their children enough, not enough parental time, one-on-one, mom and child or dad and child. Do you think that the SRO program is making a difference in that? Maybe you are role models for these parents. We are. We try to be. We, we do. <laughs> we, we When we talk to a student about something, um, we, we call the parents and let's let them know, hey, this is what's going on. We've talked to them. I've, I've opened that door to for your child to come see me anytime he wants to. Um, and But I relay that message to the parents and let them know that maybe you, when you get home, maybe you need to talk to your child at dinner time. Hey, what's what happened today? Um, your SRO called me, so talk to me. And it opens up that communication with the child and the parents because as a parent myself, sometimes we get lost too. And, um, and you have to take time out every day talk to your kids how was today tell me what happened at school today everything go good and that does nothing but just open up that communication line with your parents and your children chris do parents sometimes when you call them with these problems uh and share it with them do they sometimes act surprised i didn't know my kid was doing that thank you for letting me know uh yeah a lot of times 
they're shocked when they hear that the cops calling like a, a lot of times um there's parents who who still see us as you know we're, we're a cop that's calling and they don't realize like um cox said that you know that we're building this rapport with them and that we're um we're advising them and counseling them and those kind of things so they just think oh no my kid's in trouble or something's happened to them so i always open up with hey er everything's okay uh, your son's fine or your daughter's fine and then and then kind of go into it but i've had parents come to, to come to the office and tell me what they're seeing at home and they'll ask advice or they'll ask if you know if i can speak to their kid ab about what's going on um like i said with the one whose grandmother passed you know they'll tell us they'll call us and say hey this is going on at home if you'll just keep an extra eye on them or just you know check in on them uh, more than normal uh, and we do that for them because um the the kid will go home and talk about us in, in, in a positive way, and they realize that, you know, they're looking up to us, and so the parents will reach out and, and build a rapport with us as well. This is the first time, I guess, a lot of them have lost someone close to them. Yeah, being in an ele elementary school, um, the the one I'm speaking of right now, he's about seven. I believe this is his first loss, and and you know to th to think about being seven and losing someone close to you and not realizing you know what that really means and and the depth of that. So um, it, it's a struggle to watch to watch that child you know go through it and and to know that you know there's only so much that we can do. Um, and then when they go home to know that they're still suffering through that and then to on top of that you you add the other 800 kids you know they're all going through something they're all they're all struggling um, with like real life stuff and trying to be a kid and and that's you know that's tough so we just try to be there for them our phone number is 615-893-1450 we're entering the segment where we'll start to take some calls and questions. 615-893-1450. And you can text those questions to us also. In fact, that might be a better way to do it. 615-893-1450. Some of the directions we're going to be taking on the next segment, bullying in schools, how big of a problem is that drugs, things of that sort in schools, is it getting worse? What can parents do to help out? We'll be right back. This is National SRO Appreciation Week. And with us from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, School Resource Officers Program, Sergeant Dustin Cox and SRO Chris Irwin. Stay with us. Good morning right now. The biggest delay in all of Middle Tennessee is up in uh, Robertson, Sumner County. There's a car that's flipped on 65 southbound at the 103 mile marker. That's got traffic crawling from Millersville uh, in that area there. Uh, actually, almost from White House to Millersville on 65 southbound. It's just a nightmare. It's uh, heavy right now on I-40 through Dixon County up through Kingston Springs. That's still looking good. Coming out of Dixon County, just watch for radar uh, out in that area. Hey, Nash Painting services all of Middle Tennessee. Call Nash Painting today at 615-912-2288. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, 
Nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother. And we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick. Or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. One of the best things about coming to Animal City is the knowledgeable and caring staff. Animal City offers gift cards in any denomination. When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies. This is Amanda, inviting your family to come in and do business with my family. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Mostly cloudy skies here this afternoon with a high into the mid-70s. South winds are on 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 60. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. If you have something to buy, sell, or trade, call me. Weekday mornings at 7.50 for Swap and Shop. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. We're back again, broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, MTE's charitable foundation about uh, sharing change, is funded by members who round up their electric bills to the nearest dollar each month, and they donate that to support various causes around the community. Our hats off to our friends at Middle Tennessee Electric. Find out more about sharing change. Sandy Few is our winner today of that delicious banana pudding from our friends at the Slick Pig Barbecue. Sandy, happy birthday to you. And our good neighbor of the day, receiving flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flower Coffee and Gifts, is Ashley Till. Ashley Till always helping others. Our phone number is 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. Here's a parent who's uh, sending us a text message. I'm concerned about, uh, I'm hearing so much about kids being bullied today, and I hear uh, stories, frightening stories about kids taking their own lives after being bullied. Are you seeing any of that in our local schools, bullying? And I guess they're using social media probably, which is what gives that. Yeah, pretty- you, you'll see it on social media a lot too because 
you know they believe they're anonymous and they can't be um it can't be pinpointed uh one thing i want to talk about first is a lot of times the word bullying is um used incorrectly uh sometimes kids are they're just picking on each other or um you know they'll say something that's not nice but it's just in that moment it doesn't continue um it's not it's the kids not being targeted it's just you know they're, they're kids they're playing uh, soccer kickball they get mad at each other they call one of them a name and then a lot of times um it'll be they'll call it bullying but it, it's that's just not that's not what bullying is um but we do see um true bullying where a, a kid is being targeted by another child um or a group of children where they just they keep picking on that same kid and they they keep um calling them the same name and and they know it's upsetting them or uh, like you said on social media they'll get on social media and and they'll say mean things and they'll stir things up and and they'll continue to do that so we we do see that um in our schools and, and we do uh do our best to um intervene there and to and and to you know stop it the best that we can so do they not realize what this is leading to i mean do they not believe the stories they hear about other kids committing suicide oh definitely i i think they i definitely think they don't realize how big of an impact that they that they have um in a positive and a negative way. I, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of our, our children, you know, they can't really see past themselves, like, you know, what they're going through and what, and what they're doing. So it, it, where they tell a joke and they think it's funny to, you know, they were being mean, but everybody laughed. That's all they see. They, Oh man, I'm funny. And then they go on about their day where the kid that they just, you know, picked on or, or, or made fun of, you know, they're devastated because they feel like everybody was laughing at them and then they start to believe what was said about them, even though it's not true. Um, so yeah, it has a big impact. And I definitely think the, the ones who um, are doing that don't realize the impact that they're having. What do you do when you hear about it? Do you hear about it from the student who's been bullied or do their parents call or how, how does that work? Uh, it comes from both. Uh, we'll hear about it. Uh, sometimes teachers will tell us, you know, uh, counselors, uh, and we work with all of them. Um, we'll hear about it from parents or the or the kids will come to us, uh, and then we we just we give them advice. We talk to them, and then we also talk to the one that that's doing it, and we talk to them, and we do try to um, help them realize what kind of impact they're having, and you know how would you feel kind of thing and try to put them in, in the other person's shoes. And a lot of times, at least at the elementary level, we've been able to get them in the same room and um, talk to them and, and, and find a common ground. Uh, I, I work at Rocky Fork Elementary and my uh, principal and assistant principal are real good about once we get them in there, they'll kind of let them um, – once we feel like they have, they've kind of built a common ground, they'll let them just walk around the school, like inside the school and just talk and, uh, for like three, three to five minutes and then come back and tell us what they talked about. And for the elementary kids that they can build a friendship in those three to five minutes. Cause they'll start talking about Minecraft or they'll start talking about a show they like together. And then before you know it, these, you know, 
little rivalry we had where this one person was was being mean uh now now he has a new friend and now they're saying kind things about him and and they're standing up for him when they hear it from other people so it can it becomes a good thing so you're getting them together instead of keeping them apart then uh sometimes like i said at the elementary level we're usually able to uh most of the time kind of help them see uh, a common ground and we've had a lot we've had a lot where they've become really good friends now we've heard a lot about how this is sort of amplified and made worse because the kids are on their phones all the time i mean all the time (laughs) parents think they're going to bed at night but they're they're on their uh, phones uh, and it just keeps getting new information in them about these negatives uh do you find that is true with the youngsters, I mean, because you're working with the elementary schools, I can see it happening in high school, but is it helping, happening in uh, in the elementary grades too? Yeah, I believe so. We, kids younger and younger are, are getting phones now, or, or they'll have access to you know their computers, a lot of um, game systems you can get online uh, now uh, and, and communicate with other people. So... Yeah, I think we're we're seeing that um, more and more in the elementary age. And is there a, some advice you could give either one of you to to parents uh, about you know what this is doing? What should you? What kind of parameters should you put on cell phone usage? It's just it's just monitor. Um, you've got to monitor, and you've got to trust your instincts as a parent. Um, I, you know, my my daughter's at home. Um, I know when they're the morning, when they wake up, I can tell by how moody they are in the mornings, whether they're on their phone all night long. So I'll just go grab their phones and um, look through them, uh, see what they're doing on the phones late at night. And then if I see they're on them, they just don't get them back the next night. And, and that's a consequence that they, they chose um, or that they get for being on their phone. So I just inform all these parents just to monitor their kids. You can, you know, all these social media sites, you can monitor you can look at them uh, you can see how long they're on them um, you just got to know the process and how to do it and uh, uh, that's what, how i deal with my kids and i would think that the parents really appreciate you letting them know how that works and, and how this technology can help you and how it can hurt you too absolutely the parents love it you know sometimes i get phone calls at my school and parents are like well how do i my, i saw my kid get a Instagram account. How do I monitor it? And then I'll just walk them through it. Um, there's some things I don't know. I actually have to call my 16-year-old daughter and go, hey, tell me a little bit about Instagram so I can talk to this parent because these high school kids, they know more about phones than than, than these parents know. They, they're they sneaky with them. They know how to try to erase it, but there's all you can always get it back. You can always get stuff back. Well, that's a little insight into bullying. By the way, if you have any questions or comments about bullying, Uh, Text them to us, 615-893-1450. Let's move into drugs. We hear so much about drugs. I'm hoping we don't hear about them in the elementary level, but I'll go ahead and ask you, (laughs) are there drugs in elementary schools? the vapes is the biggest thing we're we're seeing vapes vape. in elementary school well no just in schools altogether you're, you're just seeing vapes a lot um 
and it's kind of like how cigarettes were you know parents you know they might leave their their cigarettes somewhere out or, you know in table or you know something like that and a kid would just grab one because they thought it was cool and they'd take it to school well so vapes have kind of become that way like their parents will have a vape you know out or whatever and so the kid will grab it and then take it to school and be like look what i got and so you'll see that in elementary school not a lot but we we are seeing that but in the middle schools and and especially you're seeing a lot of the vapes you're i mean you're seeing them everywhere and and i'll touch what uh chris Irwin just said a lot of the elementary kids you don't see drugs for them to bring and 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 try to get rid of they find it at home or it's accessible to them and they have no clue so what they do is they grab it they bring it to school um not knowing that they can't have it there and they start showing friends and that's that's the issue we have in elementary middle school and high school yes um then i i'm not gonna sit here and lie on the radio they're they're at every school um the SROs are working hard um, to get them out uh, and um, handle them with the law and letting the school do school discipline with them. Um, uh, but they're there. Um, we have some great students in the county. Um, a lot of our students are very um, good at coming to tell SROs what they see when they see it. Um, and it does um, help us get uh, drugs out of the school. Um, but it would be almost impossible to um, tell you that we're 100% drug-free in schools, um, but if that 90% of the work we do in SRO is trying to make sure these kids are safe and drugs are one of them, try to kind of teach them, talk to them, and get people to tell us if they're in schools. Here's a, another comment, this one from some parents, and they are concerned with the guns that are sometimes found on the children in the school. How are you finding those? Are the kids bragging about the weapons or what? So, yeah, um, bragging or, um, and I'll re, re I kind of go back, these students are telling us what they see. So a student's coming to school saying, hey, look what I got. I brought my, my a gun from home. That student is being great and known and just going to tell an SRO, going to tell a teacher, and it gets back to us. That's how we find these these guns that are on schools. We get it from other students who who know the who knows the difference and doing nothing but doing what they need to be doing. And that goes back to the whole building rapport. Yes. Like when they feel comfortable with us that they'll come tell us these things they'll tell us hey i think so so and so may have drugs or i think so and so may have a weapon or you know they or they heard it on social media sometimes they'll see a post on social media and they'll bring that to us and that keeps us um on you know in front of everything like we're able to be very proactive um because of these relationships that we're that we're building with these children now, looking at it from the other end, the kid who brings the gun and, and shows it to the to the other students, are they're lacking something. They're they're needing something, I guess, maybe attention, a love, uh, you know. What is is there any ongoing theme theme, I guess you'd say that uh, that the kids are are reaching out for? No, I don't. I don't think there's one particular thing. I think it's a, a lot of things. Um, it could be hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yeah. It could be trying to be cool, and or it could be an intimidation thing. Um, so I mean, we can we can sit here all day and, and figure out what these kids are thinking when they do that. But it's not fair for that child for us to sit here and and uh, tell everybody what that child was thinking or doing. Uh, the child made a mistake. <clears throat> we will. 
law enforcement, we will uh, prosecute by law if you bring a weapon into school, um, and the school will kick you out of school. Uh, the school for, systems forever. Or? They, I want to say, um, the school systems, and please don't quote me on this. I think the school systems send out for one calendar school year, so they cannot attend a county school for one full year. Um, and we, we as law enforcement officers, we on top of that, we arrest you for bringing that. Um, weapon into school campus and then you'll have to go to court and go through all that process as well as not being able to go to school so it's a it's a big consequence what are the ages that you're seeing on that are these high school kids or are they fourth and fifth graders sometimes they they go from middle school um, up to high school um, I can't sit here on top of my head and tell you if an elementary student um, if it is it's very very rare um, but usually it's middle schools to high schools is what we're seeing well, the reason weapons, I, knives, and stuff like that. That that would be devastating. Let's say to a sixth grader uh, who has a weapon at school and they brought it just because they were uh, dumb. <laughs> they were they're kids. They do dumb things, uh, and then they're put out of school for a whole year. Uh, they don't have a chance. I mean you. Well, the, the, the thing is, is, and is what I tell these kids is, I'm not going to sit here and tell the kids you have no chance, your life's ruined. It's not. Um, we get that gun off of you, it's going to be a long road. Um, I tell them it's, it's a huge, it's a battle. It's a big ladder. You're going to have to climb. You fell off the ladder. Yeah. Okay, you fell down. You fell on the ground. Now, how do we get back up to the top of that ladder to keep climbing? That's what we do. Just because we arrest a kid for bringing a weapon to school doesn't mean we hate that child. Doesn't mean that that child's no longer ever talk to us again. Um, in my eyes, in my view, kids like that is I throw special attention to. Check on them. Show them that love. Maybe they're seeking it, but you you help guide them getting past this point because there's a lot of kids that have been in trouble. A lot of kids that have done some silly things, but they're graduating college now. How do they get that? How do they come from that to this? Well, they came from that because a lot of times we're poor with teachers or uh, administrators or SROs. They're there to help guide them or parents. So the parents also have got to be on board and, and not scold the child for 10 years. You know, they made a mistake. We're going to help you. You made a mistake. We still love you. Now let's, how do we get past this? It's a long road, but we're going to get past it. And then that's what these SROs are here for. Now, do they get to come back to the same school because They've all obviously created a rapport with the SRO, and that SRO is showing them, hey, you just stay on this path. You you you, you get back on the ladder and you keep climbing again. That's right. It depends. It depends on the grade level, how long they've been out of school. Um, there could be an eighth grader that's going to high school, um, so you won't get the same SRO. Um, however, we've had that happen before, and that SRO personally goes to that other, the high school sits down with that kid their first day back in freshman year with the other SROs in the high school. This is so-and-so. He made a mistake. We're going to look past it. He's a great kid, and that does nothing but show that student, I got two other SROs here that's going to help me through this. So guess what? You just gain a whole family of friends that's going to help you guide you through graduation. And those kids need that. They do. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to check on the weather. We'll be back for the final segment on this National School Resource Officers Day.
Monster News Radio, WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Does being a caregiver for your loved one wear you out? Then Arosa Care is here to help. Arosa has an experienced team of caregivers and licensed care managers who help families make educated decisions regarding the aging process. This is Erin Keogh Rankin. Let me help you. Call us at 615-848-6774 or find us at arosacare.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. What do you like most about Adams Place? My apartment. I love my apartment. It's roomy and I've got lots of books and I've got room for everything and my little dog likes it, so we're happy in my apartment. We're talking with Betty Kirksey. The people are nice. Everybody that works here, I have found it. They're really nice. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. From the tallest tower in the city limits of Murfreesboro to every radio in the land, WGNS AM FM is everywhere you need us to be. Welcome back on this National SRO Appreciation Day. Visiting with us from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, SRO Sergeant Dustin Cox and SRO Chris Irwin. Let's look at some things that are happening uh, this coming month, March, with the schools around the area. Special Needs Fun Fair is on the horizon. Tell us a little about that and how people can help out. Yeah, so we have a special needs fun fair uh, that we're putting together on March 24th. Um, it'll be at Lane Ag Park. Um, and basically, it's kind of a field trip that, that uh, we do some fundraisers throughout the year uh, so that we can basically give them their own field trip. Uh, and so they'll come out and it's just kind of a, kind of a carnival themed type thing. The elementary kids, um, they'll all come out, uh, the first half of the day and they'll have games and a petting zoo and a magic show and, um, just, a just a, a day to celebrate our kids with special needs. And then the middle school and high school will come, um, that afternoon, uh, I think they started about 1130 and they'll be there until the end of the day. Um, and, it's kind of to uh, take the place of the rodeo. We used to do the the rodeo, um, and when that ended, we were looking for something new that we could do, and we wanted something that was more hands-on for them, something that um, was truly just their day. And so we came up, uh, I believe our SRO, uh, Chad Dotson, came up with the idea of doing like a, a carnival for them. And so that that's what it is. Uh, we did it last year. This would be our second uh, our second year doing it. Um, they really enjoyed it last year. And we're looking forward, we're looking forward to it. And uh, I think Dustin... Yes, and um, I know there's a lot of questions when we talk about special events and what we do. Um, I want to touch on that real quick. Being National SRO Day, um, um, more, 
everybody understand the jobs that the SRO has. Um, the SRO doesn't just go to school, put on their uniform, you know, grow that rapport with the kids, um, and go home. Um, there's hundreds of things that they do outside of school hours. Um, in every SRO the archery program, the SRO is involved. Uh, we have SROs that coach basketball, baseball, football, soccer. Uh, they are involved in clubs, bicycle club to drama club. They do a lot of stuff when school hours are out. So they're always at that school with your child with any event that occurs. Dances, SROs are there supporting your kids. So um, I just wanted to touch on that just so everybody knows that SRO just doesn't put on the uniform, gets that great summers off and, and the SRO does way more than that. They do a lot of stuff um, with your child. They're involved in the community stuff. Um, so to go back on the special needs fun fair that we host, um, anybody who's interested in, in donating to help um, pay for um, stuff we do, um, we hold a golf tournament every year in the fall uh, that I host, and um, hopefully I'll be back on the air closer to that time to talk about that. But that money raised during the golf tournament pays for the special uh, needs event that's coming up in March. Um, but there's still schools that don't have bus that can't afford buses. We have schools that don't have the funds to get their kids, their special needs kids from school to that. So we have to pay for all that. So if anybody's um, want to help out, donate money, um, sponsor, um, they can reach out to me. Um, I'll give my address, I mean, my email address is dcox at rcsotn.org. Um, you can reach out to me and um, I'll be more than glad to talk to you if you want to help out. So dcox at rcsrotn dot no it'll be dcox at rcsotn dot org oh okay there you go all right rcsotn dot org yep dot org yep okay very good and uh, let me ask you this before we leave because there's always people saying we need more officers we need more this we need more that are there openings in the SRO program and and I'm guessing that a lot of people like law enforcement but they have a heart for children like you said you had uh, is there a chance for them to start in the area they really love? I, I don't know if there's any openings. I know we have a bunch of applicants that are, um, that are applied so far. Um, if they're interested in anything with the Sheriff's Department, uh, you just need to get on the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department uh, website and um, search job openings, and it'll show you every job open we have at the Sheriff's Department. Very good. Uh, we have a, just a very few seconds left. Uh, any final thoughts you want to highlight some of the things we've touched on i don't want to highlight but uh, i do want to thank every sro in our county um, in our city and nationwide um, thank you to all and you don't get told enough but uh, thank you for what you do and you're greatly appreciated very definitely thank you both for joining us visiting with us this morning on national sro appreciation day sro sergeant dustin cox and SRO Chris Irwin from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Have a great day, and again, thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you.